What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this is our last episode of December, our last mm-hmm. episode of season three, our last episode of 2022. This is a monumental episode for the podcast. It is. This, it this, is. this year, anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is one that we recorded back in season one. I think it was probably like around our 10th episode, I would say. Maybe. No. In the first I think 20. Before that. Oh, before that. Okay. So yeah. Within I the first it was like 10. number like three or four. Oh shit, it was that early. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as our longtime listeners already know, because I've complained about it enough, uh, the audio is no good. And Brooke had the great idea to remake the episode mm-hmm. to finish off this season. Yeah. Um, so without further ado, we are going to be talking about The Shining from 1980. Yeah, finally. Finally. There is no better movie to cap off a snowed in December than this one. Yeah. Um, this is literally the definition of snowed in. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's fitting. We had to do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's shortly after Christmas. It's December 28th. Did you have a good Christmas? I had a fantastic Christmas. Nice. Um, been just lazing around, watching lots of movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's I been love, nice. I love this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And we got a shit ton of snow. So like, mm-hmm. it's a good excuse to knock go outside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like the snow drift at the side of my house the other day was insane, dude. It was up to my kitchen window. My back door is completely snowed in. Yeah. Um, but we're supposed to be getting like 10 days worth of plus weather. So yeah. I'm hoping a lot of it's going to end up melting. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Anyways, you said you watched lots of movies. So mm-hmm. which ones have you watched? Um. I was just looking at my uh, stats on Letterboxd because I wanted to see how many movies I've watched uh, the past like two weeks. And since December 24th, I've watched 13 movies. Damn, in four days? Holy fuck, yeah. man. Uh, <laughs> That's insane. I'm not going to go through everyone. I've watched a lot of movies I've never seen before. Uh, so... Um, Watch Black Adam, uh, the new DC one yeah. movie. It was okay. Was it anything special? Mm. Um, it's, already, yeah. it's already got the kick. Yeah. Uh, Strange World, the new Disney one that came with this year. It's on Disney Plus already. I had a great time with it. Um, Amsterdam, one that came with this year. Did not like it. Was not. It was kind of boring. Mm. I don't know. Stout cast, but yeah. Uh, I watched A Christmas Story Christmas and had a good time with it. Lots of nostalgia. Highly recommend it um, before it gets off of Crave. Yeah. I uh, watched Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. Um, loved it. Had a great time with it. It's a good movie to watch like with your family and stuff like that. You're kind of okay. guessing like who was a killer and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Falling for Christmas, um, the Lindsay Lohan movie. I, I can't even make fun of you for that. It was not that great, but <laughs> not that 
bad either. I don't know. Yeah, it was a weird one. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I watched The Woman King. New one came out this year with Regina. Regina King, I think, was her name. Uh, this movie was sick. This movie is gorgeous. Regina King is awesome in it. And yeah, it's really good. Nice. I watched a new one, Fall. Um, wasn't that great? Uh, wasn't as like height fear inducing as I thought it was going to be. Um, but I mean, still okay movie. Uh, watched a movie called Vortex, which is um, a Gaspar Noe film. I think he did the movie Climax, I think, which I haven't seen, but yeah, I hate it. Uh, Dario Angento is the lead in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. That's um, cool. Basically about this like husband and wife and the husband is like a writer and then the, the wife has dementia. Okay. And uh, really hard movie to watch, but I mean, the way it was shot, like, like on the poster here, it's split in two, like that's mm-hmm. how the movie was like one camera on one side, one, the other, and it was following each of them, like as they're interacting with each other. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was cool. I uh, rewatched X-Men. I'm going to go through the franchise because it's been a while since I've went through them. Nice. And this movie still holds up, man. After fucking 23 years, like, holy shit. <laughs> it's hard to believe it came out 23 years ago. <laughs> I know. Right. That's nuts. Yeah um yeah and then i watched beast uh today um it was okay it was pretty good yeah but yeah that's uh sorry that i watched uh trying to knock out all my 2022 lists and stuff that i've been wanting to get um so yeah you're doing good yeah (laughs) (laughs) what have you been watching let's see so there's 30 days a night um i watched the outfit which is a 2022 movie fucking fantastic movie i was telling you about it it's it just got added to crave for any of our canadian listeners yeah um, highly highly recommend watching that movie um and then i watched guillermo del toro's pinocchio also 2022 also a fantastic movie depressing as fuck though yeah it is yeah so sad man yeah um the banshees of inna sharon another 2022 a lot of these are going to be 2022 um i really enjoyed it it uh, it was a weird movie but it was yeah. good yeah um colin farrell and uh brandon gleason so i mean can't go wrong um a wounded fawn it just got added to shutter a few weeks ago well maybe closer to a month ago it was good it was shot on uh like legitimate film camera and you can tell oh. it's cool it's okay. neat yeah i was gonna watch it but i never got around to it yeah like you can see like the the green effect and stuff like that through it i watched the night before um i was telling you like i haven't watched this movie since it first came out and it is so good man i forgot how amazing that movie is yeah it's so fucking funny um my life as a zucchini which was it's on the uh, top 100 animated movies list okay i was gonna ask about that one yeah i was scroll. i think it was on prime i was just scrolling through prime and it came up and i was like oh shit maybe i'll watch that it was really good though just short film it's like 67 minutes long but okay uh toys of terror it was shit don't recommend watching that watched elf um i'm going to i'm going through the terminator franchise so i watched terminator and terminator 2 so far 
Uh, fucking nice. love those movies so much, but I'm get I'm going to be getting into the shitty ones here soon. So those scores are definitely going to be changing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, watched a bunch of Christmas movies, uh, and then I borrowed Crabs and the Vigil from you. Mm-hmm. Um, both are Raven Banner movies. Uh, fucking loved Crabs, man. Like it is such a wild ride of a movie, and it's it's so stupid, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Um. I would, yeah, I would gladly watch that over and over again. Um, and then The Vigil, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I know you were, but... Yeah, I liked it, yeah. And I also watched Beast and A Christmas Story Christmas. Oh, you did watch A Christmas Story Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It was good. It just, like, I wrote a review. Like, it just didn't have the charm that the original one had. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it was it was good. It just yeah. won't be, like, a annual no. Christmas time watch for me. I liked how they brought back a lot of the actors, though. That was another thing I said in my review, too. Yeah, it was cool to see them all as adults. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Lots of movies, lots of movies. All right. Ready to hop into this movie? Hell yeah. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Like we said in the intro this week, we're talking about The Shining from 1980. Before we get locked into the Overlook Hotel, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a Amsterdam Brewery Space Invader IPA. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've had this one before. Definitely an IPA. (laughs) Um, I'm drinking Beyond the Pale Brewing Company. Nice. Uh, I think it's called Yummy. Um, okay, I think I've had that one. It's brewed in Ottawa uh, on City Center Avenue, so I don't know if that's near you or not. But Not really, no. No, but uh, yeah, Sarah's mom threw it in my stocking this year, so nice. give it a try. Oof. Yep, that's hoppy. <laughs> Not bad though. All right. Going into the synopsis. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Sums it up. Sure does. Uh, this movie was directed by Stanley Kubrick, who has done uh, Full Metal Jacket, 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, Eyes Wide Shut, which is one that you just recently watched, and Dr. Strangelove. And he's got a few others. He, uh, he doesn't have a massive resume, no. given, given the fact of like his popularity. But, yeah. but I mean, movies- I'd say his movies are like, 
know. He's definitely like one of the best directors. Oh yeah. Out there. One of the biggest pricks too, by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he passed away in 1996 or something like that. Oh, so wow. Eyes Wide Shut came out after it? No. Shut up. Uh, when did he pass away? No, he passed away in 99. 99, right. At the age of 70. Yeah. So, um, going into the cast list, starting off is Jack Nicholson, who plays Jack. Um, if you don't know who he is, then you need to start questioning your... Uh, Cinema trivia, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, he was in The Departed, Batman. He played the Joker in Michael Keaton's Batman. Uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, A Few Good Men, As Good As It Gets, Chinatown, Anger Management, Mars Attacks, shit ton of movies. Hugely, hugely popular actor. One of the best. Um, and he has since retired from acting. I can't remember what year mm. he stopped, but been a little while now um next up we have shelly duvall who played wendy um she's in annie hall popeye three women thieves like us and a movie called nashville from back in the 60s or 70s but uh, yeah she also hasn't been in anything since 2002 yeah but she is coming back yeah, she is um felissa rose had a bunch of pictures with her they did like a photo shoot together and I don't know, man. Like, obviously, age weathers people, but she doesn't look very good. No, no, she's pretty, pretty big. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) That adds to the not looking well. Yeah. Does it not? Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Um, Next up is Danny Lloyd, who played Danny. Um, He had a background role in Doctor Sleep, and he was in a a doc or a movie or whatever called will the autobiography of g gordon liddy and that's it he has three acting credits to his name and one of them is a background role <laughs> and lastly i have scatman crothers <clears throat> who played dick man <laughs> he's a scatman uh he played dick halloran uh, he was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Aristocats, Twilight Zone, the movie, and he played jazz in the Transformers animated show and the movies. Sick. Yeah. Um, Jack Nicholson actually fought to get him on this movie after they worked together in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because there's going to be... Actually, the role was supposed to go to... Uh, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he refused to work with Stanley Kubrick because they'd worked together on something else. Oh, and he really? was just like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not doing it again. But uh, yeah, that's all I got. I didn't have any honorable mentions. I don't know if you do or not. No, I didn't. No. All right. Yeah. I mean, there's some odd smaller characters, but these are the mm-hmm. main four. Yeah. All right. Let's dive into this movie. Let's get into our... <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on opening credits in this movie or as general well, this movie, but also general? Uh, I normally don't like them to be long and drawn out like this one was. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, the way that this was shot was really cool. 
like they didn't have drones back then. So I'm not sure like if they had a fucking helicopter flying overhead or, or what they were doing, but it was really cool. Like we see like the mountain side and the car driving Mm -hmm. up the mountain, going to the hotel. It's Jack going for his interview. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was really well shot. Yeah. And the music too, in the opening. Yeah. It's awesome. I feel like movies should just do this. Right. Like put credits in the opening. You think they should? Yeah. Like they should go back to doing that? Yeah. Watch that movie Vortex. I watched all the all the credits right at the beginning. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know. It makes sense for them. Like no one watches their credits after the movie, right? So it's like, yeah, but yeah I- they're getting the recognition, but like, you know. Yeah. I also find myself skipping through the credits whenever they're at the beginning, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. You're one of those people. <laughs> well, I mean, like, especially if it's a movie that I've seen before, like, I don't need to keep fucking yeah. watching it. Yeah. But, like this one, I watched this one all the way through. So I don't know. I, they, they need to be done properly if they're going to do it. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I really like the opening credits in this too. Them driving, you see the landscape and the music that's mm-hmm. happening at the same time. Um, so between our first attempt at this and this recording now, um, I've read The Shining actually, mm-hmm. and I do have to say I th- think I agree with Stephen King a bit. Like, mm-hmm. not this movie is bad; it's not bad, but I think I prefer the book yeah. to this. I'm I'm with you. Um, and not to like get don't want to get too far ahead comparisons and stuff like that, but just as like a character standpoint, like you in the book that you understand why um, Jack Nicholson's character is Jack. Uh, <laughs> Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, is like the way he is and like why he's doing this interview. Cause like he was like a teacher mm-hmm. and then like, he basically got fired because he ended up, I think like hitting one of the students or like getting the student expelled or something stupid like that. I forget, but they get a lot more backstory on like his relationship at his old profession yeah, and also how he is with his family because it doesn't talk about the movie, but like he almost like killed Danny mm-hmm. um, whenever Danny was like, I think like three or four years old. Yeah. And like they, they make quick references to that, but you don't really ever find out what actually happened. In the yeah. Movie. Yeah. Like, like Wendy, you know, almost left him in the book, I think a couple times. Yeah. Like she wanted to really, I think. Mm-hmm. But I mean, she's so timid, right? Like, yeah, especially like in the movie too. Um, like she feels like she's kind of trapped with him. Like she has to stay with him. Yeah. And now she literally is trapped. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Irony. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and like you said before, Danny, who plays Danny, um, is like his first acting role, and the way he does like the the finger with the voice, um, and uh, to- the Tony character, yeah, is like sick. Yeah, and that was his idea too. Yeah, which is wild. Like, I know, like for not only a kid that young, but a kid who's in his first acting role on such a huge, like grand scale. Like you're acting alongside Jack Nicholson. Uh, yeah. You have Stanley Kubrick directing the movie. And for this kid to come mm-hmm. in here 
and like that shit's iconic like the whole tony thing like yeah. talking with his finger like yeah everybody knows that yeah and he's like what like probably seven years old yeah eight? yeah at the most mm-hmm. it's too bad like i i want to know why he like why danny lloyd didn't continue acting because i mean he wasn't a great actor in this movie but he was only like seven years old yeah so i mean but like he has ideas obviously he could have possibly gone on and done big things mm-hmm. yeah exactly um uh, yeah so uh jack is they were doing the interview with um I guess kind of like the manager owner of the hotel now. Mm-hmm. And it's been like sold like multiple times. Uh, lots of stuff has happened in it. Um, so he's basically interviewing to be the caretaker to look after it over the winter time, mm-hmm. which I feel like they're losing it on a shit ton of money. Well, yeah, but I mean, they can't be open in the middle of winter. Well, it's in Colorado. Yeah. It's, it's on up- a mountain. Well, I know this, they could turn into a ski resort. I get it. But I mean, at the same time, like this place is known to get snowed in and we see it in the movie. Like they yeah. shut the roads down. Like there's no power. Yeah. All this shit. But still, I don't know. I get what uh, but, you're saying. But yeah, see, they have to look after it um, through the winter time. And another thing in the book that they really focus on is um, the to keep the furnace like going and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And like, I don't even know if in the movie you even see them go down to the furnace, like at all, really. You don't see them, but Jack does mention about the furnace. Yeah. I think Wendy does a couple of times too, but yeah. um, Jack spends a lot of his time down there in the books, um, looking through all the old kind of files and stuff like that of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get a lot of the backstory of like the different rooms that had people in it. And like, the, the mafia room or whatever the, the president's mm-hmm. presidential room. Yeah. Um, it was a cool story that I think would have been great in this movie, but I mean, this movie's like two and a half hours. So I mean, yeah. you can't really, you know, add more to it. It'd be neat if there was like a vault or something where they found like the director's cut of this and it adds more yeah. from the book. But I don't think, I think Kubrick really wanted to make it his own. Mm-hmm while still kind of keeping like the foundation from the book, but yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'd be able to do this job? Uh, yeah. Like live in this hotel for three months or whatever. Yeah. If it was in 1970 or whatever. Well, yeah. (laughs) If he's got his family, right. So it wouldn't be as bad. And like, it's a huge hotel. Mm-hmm. so you could still have your own space and like you could explore and shit like that like it wouldn't you wouldn't feel super secluded i don't think yeah. like you would but i don't know like in the book like you said like he finds all the files from the hotel and shit like that like that'd be so cool to just fucking yeah. sit and spend all your time reading all that stuff yeah 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 do you think you could i don't think so if it was like back in like 70s like this was i don't know no, I don't know. I don't know. They had a little TV and shit. I guess so. I had like what, like two <laughs> channels on it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you learned in this interview that uh, the last caretaker actually went crazy and 
uh, murdered his whole family and now they're just gonna hire another one uh charles grady um killed his wife and his two uh twin daughters yeah um yeah and uh the first scene of like the elevator the blood elevator is like so sick like even after watching this movie so much like it Mm -hmm. never gets old yeah that scene took like I think it was done in only three shots, but it took I was, like I was wondering how they did it. Like if they just like poured like the blood in at the same time as they opened the doors. Cause like if they pour the blood in there, like kind of fill it up a bit, mm-hmm. it would kind of like crack, like crack out of like the blood, right? Yeah, like it would seep through the door. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it it, it was done in like three shots or something, but it took like a month for it to to look the way that Kubrick wanted it to look. Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. Um yeah, and uh Danny is telling uh Wendy and I think the nurse um about Tony and stuff like that and mm-hmm. he says that Tony is a little boy that lives in his mouth. <laughs> um which is creepy, but uh but yeah. So do you think Tony because he's with him before they go to um, the hotel. Do you think Tony's just a part of him that comes with the shine he has? I think so, yeah. Like, yeah. Because, like, we know in Doctor Sleep, I don't know if you've read the book, but you've seen no, the movie. I want to, yeah. Um, I haven't seen the movie, but I've read the book. But oh, like, really? Yeah. And Dude, I have, the movie is so good. I have the movie upstairs too. I just <laughs> haven't fucking watched it. Um, but yeah, we learned that like multiple people have the shining, and we learned that in this book too, because Halloran has it. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I think Tony is like maybe someone like far off that has it, or if he's like a dead person who's communicating with him through the shining. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's just an imaginary friend. No, because I think in the books you see him as like a shadow, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like at their house and stuff like that, like outside. Yeah. I remember. It's been so long since I read it, so I don't remember exactly the finer yeah. details, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they have to go alcohol-free basically for five months. Um, and Jack is an alcoholic, but he's kind of in recovery uh now because that's pretty much what got him fired in the first place mm-hmm. from his uh teaching um what's uh what what do you think of like the overall ho- look of the hotel i think it's sick and like yeah. it's it's beautiful like it's a really really nice hotel and i know it's like a legitimate hotel too like people can do tours of it and shit now i don't think it looks the same but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's another reason why I think I could live there. It's just because it's such a nice aesthetic in there. Yeah. Like, it's a rich person hotel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's, like, the hotel, and then, like, where they're, like, living is kind of, like, apartments kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's not as nice, but it's where, like, all the workers and stuff um, live during, uh, when they're working there during the summer. Yeah. And the kitchen is huge too. Oh yeah. That's like an industrial size kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the kitchen, you meet um, Halloran mm-hmm. who really like cuddles up nicely with, uh, with Danny. 
Yeah. Like their interaction, like at the table, like whenever they first meet, they're just like talking, like they've known each other forever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that he calls them Doc. And then, like, yeah. after Wendy is like, Oh, did you hear us call him Doc? He's like, No. He's like, No one's ever called him that. We're the only ones that call him that. And then he kind of like plays it off. But then he tells uh, Danny on the side, like, or th- I think he tells him through the shine, I think, right? That like, you have a special gift or something like that. Like if you ever need anything, just call me or whatever, like through the shine. Yeah. And he goes on to tell him about how like him and his grandmother would have like full conversations, like without mm-hmm. even speaking a word and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he asks, uh, how they're in about room two thirty-seven, mm-hmm. And, um, and then Tony's like telling him like, Oh, don't talk about, that with uh with Halloran mm-hmm. and uh Halloran doesn't really go into it either so I think yeah. he kind of knows like the happenings that have been at the hotel mm-hmm. yeah because doesn't the the owner or the manager the hotel manager he mentioned something about like the hotel is yours but stay out of room t- 237 oh does he I forget I, I think so mm. yeah have you ever watched the documentary? No, I haven't. No, it's good. Is it? Yeah. It's called Room 237. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah. So now it's a, a month later. Uh, it's starting to snow a lot more. Um, the scenes I really love in this movie is all the tricycle scenes. Mm-hmm. Just the way it was shot, like, is so cool. Like, the carpet and just how it's, like, following him behind that, like, you know. Yeah, it's almost as if someone's on a tricycle right behind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're at his level. Like you're not like looking yeah. down on him. You're kind of like right behind him. Yeah. Did yeah, you ever cool. have a big wheel as a kid? Uh, no, no, I didn't. You missed out, man. I know. That's what I hear. They're, they're so good. I don't think they make them anymore. But have you ever seen like the extreme tricycling? I don't like, think it's, so. It's like an extreme sport. Oh, really? It's fucking nuts, man. Like they go off like half pipes and shit with them. (laughs) It's nuts. That's hilarious. Um, So yeah, Jack is like in his, it's like huge, massive area. I love how like you can just hear him like typing away in the typewriter. Like I just love that sound of the typewriter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, just like echoes through the, the walls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I love this scene with um, him and Wendy and like Jack is such an asshole to her <laughs> whenever she like, I think this is whenever she comes down and he's like, oh yeah, don't bother me. Like when you hear the type, 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 she's like, don't come in here. And then she's like, oh, I just want to know what you're doing. And then he's like, type, 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 you hear that? Get the fuck out of here or something <laughs> like that. It's like, that means I'm fucking working. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, she only wanted to like, ask him if he like wanted lunch or she was going to bring him a sandwich. And yeah, he's like, why don't you practice it right now? Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is like the first scene where you really see him kind of slipping away. Yeah. Um, Cause it's going through the days quicker now mm-hmm. after like the month has passed. And like, there's one scene whenever uh, I think Danny's playing outside with Wendy. Mm-hmm. And then like Danny looks up and you see like Jack doing that, like creepy, like, stare out the window like he's just like not even there 
Yeah. 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 It's really creepy. Jack Nicholson is so good with his facial expressions and like just being that crazy guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in this movie and in one floor of the cuckoo's nest, he was amazing in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, he played the Joker really well. Yeah. Even like anger management, like he acted like a nut bar in that movie and he's just, yeah. he just plays that character so good. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Uh, uh, the first look we get of the, the twin girls, um, which is like probably one of the most like iconic scenes in this movie uh i mean this this movie has a ton of iconic scenes but <laughs> uh, whenever danny's riding on the tricycle and then you see the the twin girls there and like i was thinking to watch this scene because like he sees like the girls like be dead and then like alive and he like has his hands over his face whereas like the actor he never watched this movie at least as a kid right yeah so it's like what do you think kubrick was telling him to do during that scene like, oh, there's something scary in front of you, but like, just pretend there's something there that scares you or something like that. They do talk about it in that in that documentary, and I can't remember how he did it because that was one good thing about Kubrick is he sheltered Danny from all of the the really scary shit in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he kept him away from all that stuff, and they did make mention of that scene, and I can't remember what he did but yeah it was probably like what you said like just act like you're scared yeah yeah <clears throat> i don't know i think the girls that play the the twin sisters i don't think that the real sisters in real life yeah they are oh are they yeah i thought it was a, a trivia from i remember from before maybe not maybe maybe i'm wrong i could swear that they are but yeah but yeah they this is where we hear that iconic line of come play with us danny yeah 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 uh yeah um jack has a a dream pretty much someone telling him to cut them up and stuff like that like same with the book like 70 percent of the book takes place in their like apartment area Mm -hmm. as well yeah um and another thing that i i want to see like a remake of this done is like i really think that the uh um the the plant animals or whatever it was like the bushes oh yeah yeah, from the book like danny kept seeing them come alive and like the giant dogs like blocking the path and like i thought that was really cool yeah and you don't see that at all in the movie no no it's completely negated from the movie yeah like, I think it'd be easier to do it now than it was back in 1980. Yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that probably wouldn't hold up today. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> no. that would be some shitty CGI. Yeah. Um, and uh, Danny, somehow, I don't know what caused the mark on Danny's neck. Well, he goes into room 237. Oh, right, right. So like he's playing with a ball and mm-hmm. a, and the ball rolls into room 237 so he goes in yeah and then uh uh we it cuts out to Wendy running into the fucking typewriter room where Jack is yeah he was he fell asleep he had that dream that you were talking about mm-hmm. um 
And then next thing you know, Danny comes in, he's covered in bruises. And then later on, Wendy mentions that Danny told her that it was a woman that did it. And then that's when Jack goes into the room. Right. Okay. Okay. To show Wendy, like nobody's here. Yeah. Yeah. But But that someone was there. Yeah. She's nasty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We got to get a glimpse of uh, the gold room which is uh, Jack's new favorite spot. Um, <laughs> I love his interactions with uh, Lloyd, the bartender. Yeah, yeah. Like just the way he's like, just talking. He's like, Hey Lloyd, I got some money. It's okay. And he like <laughs> opens up his wallet. Nothing there. He's like, well, Lloyd seems like I'm a little light right now. I was like, <laughs> how's my tab in this place? And, and like, I don't know, just the way Jack Nicholson acts in this. Yeah. Awesome. And he's not talking to anybody. Like, no, he's just envisioning that this Lloyd guy's here. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah he does it so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Danny is trying to talk to Halloran who is in Florida. Um, and he kind of does send like little messages like uh, Dick kind of gets like hurt whenever Danny tries to do that from like that far away. Cause I think Danny's actually pretty powerful. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The room 237 scene with uh, Jack is sick. Um, definitely talk about it later, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just like, he sees the, the like pretty young lady in the tub and then starts dancing with her and then starts making out. And then all of a sudden she turns this like disgusting old lady with these, like, I don't know. It's like, like sleep, like, you know, like whenever you're like in bed for so like long bed sores, yeah. bed sores. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she was also in a tub. So like it's water too. So she's yeah. just starting to deteriorate. Oh, so gross. Yeah, it's fucking nasty. Yeah. And like that, those effects, like they still looked really, really gross. Yeah. Like 42 years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Dick is now, he knows something bad is going on. So he uh, he's trying to make his way back all the way from Florida to uh, Colorado. Um, yeah. Would you would you do this? Like if you were Dick? I mean, yeah, because he has the shine too. Like yeah. Yeah. So like they have that connection. Yeah, exactly. But like that's a trek, man. And you're you're in your like fucking vacation home. Like you're sitting sitting pretty down (laughs) in Florida. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I love whatever uh Jack goes back to the gold room. And then, like, all of a sudden, he has money now. Yeah. And his wallet. <laughs> it's like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> um, yeah, I think a few things might have happened. Uh, no, that's after. Um, Grady shows up. Because I think now there's, like, all the people in the gold room start showing up. And Grady, like, bumps into him and, like, splashes, I don't know, some drink over him. They go in the bathroom and then guy's like cleaning jack up and he's like oh my name's grady and jack's like grady so like, used to be the caretaker here grady's like nah nah never <laughs> never happened <laughs> so it's just like i guess jack kind of seeing things like or is he kind of getting part of danny's shine 
I think he's, I think it's the spirits of the hotel coming to him. Cause this hotel is clearly like, I don't want to say haunted, but it's like, it makes people do crazy shit. Like it made Grady kill his whole family and then kill himself. Right. Yeah. So like, there's something with the hotel that fucks with people, mm-hmm. whether it's the seclusion or, or what it is, if it's like the spirits that are in the hotel that are making people do this. Yeah. But I love this interaction between Grady and Jack. Mm-hmm. Like, cause yeah, like Jack Nicholson plays it off really well. And he's like, you mentioned, like he just questioning him the whole time. Um, and like, he's not believing Grady, like he's calling him out on his bullshit basically. Yeah. But at the same time, like he's slipping into that madness too. And he doesn't even realize that he is. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a really cool interaction between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then meanwhile, in their bedroom, um, Danny is starting to say the red rum and seeing the red rum kind of everywhere around it. And uh, like the first couple times, like I watch this, like you don't really pick up on what red rum is, right? Mm-hmm. You don't think to like backwards as murder, right? Yeah. It's pretty clever. Doesn't he call it red rum? Because like in the book, don't they mention that like he saw it in a mirror? So it was backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This is my least favorite part of the movie. Okay. The way that Danny says red rum. <laughs> yeah. It just sounds so stupid, man. Red rum. Red rum. Red rum. Well, I think it's kind of Tony, right? Well, yeah, it is Tony, but yeah. Just in Danny's voice. It is just, very weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of really fucking annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we forgot to mention too, like the conversation that Grady and Jack have. Grady's telling him that Danny is communicating with an outside source, and he calls him the N word. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, Grady, tells Jack how to correct Danny and what to do if his wife interferes. Mm-hmm. So now that I'm thinking about it, do you think that the twins had the shining too? And that they're talking to Danny. Maybe not to Danny, but to someone else. No, maybe not. Maybe I'm looking too far into it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah. Because like, yeah, Grady tells him like what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So now, uh, Jack ends up breaking the radio, so they can't uh, radio out to um, uh, like the wildlife people or whatever because it's not mm-hmm. the cause or anything like that um and wendy goes down to the typewriter to see check up on jack and he's not there and she notices that he's typed out all these pages that uh basically say no tv and no beer make homer something <laughs> something it's <laughs> uh, amazing um, that is a great episode. That is uh, a good one. <laughs> go crazy? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> oh, uh, no, but he's typed out in like in like paragraphs and like it's like a story, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah, uh, and it's like you know thousands of pages, and as she's like looking, she's kind of getting shocked, and then as she's going deeper and deeper, she starts like 
getting scared and like tearing up. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you've read the book, like <clears throat> not the shining book, but the pages on the, the way that he typed them all out, it reminds me of the way that uh house of leaves is written. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like each page that. is a different format. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of cool. That. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, and then uh, does she she comes back with a baseball bat? I think or something yeah. happens. Yeah, um, but I love this scene too. Like I think Wendy is fantastic in this scene, mm-hmm. and so is Jack too. Like he's chasing her up the stairs like slowly. She's like swinging the bat, and he's like, "Just give me the bat. Like I'm not gonna hurt you or whatever." And like you know, like his line, he says, uh, I'm "Not gonna hurt you. Just gonna bash your fucking brains in." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, um uh they shot, I'm looking it up right now. I can't remember how many times. I'm pretty sure this scene alone like scarred uh Wendy. Like oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did like a fucking insane amount of takes on this scene. I know it's in the trivia. Uh fuck. I don't remember how many it was, but it was something stupid. Yeah. Like hundreds of takes. Mm-hmm. Oh, 127 times. Jesus Christ. And he just like every time he just kept drilling her and drilling her and drilling her. And like Jack Nicholson's actually gone on record too. Well, they both have gone on record saying that this was like, the hardest movie that they've ever filmed. And Jack Nicholson said like, he's never seen an actor or an actress go through like basically the torture that Shelley Duvall went through. Jesus. That's nuts. And Kubrick was such a prick to her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she ends up hitting Jack in the head with the, uh, the bat. He goes tumbling down the stairs. <laughs> uh, then she drags him into the kitchen, locks him in the freezer or the freezer, the walk-in fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, kind of you know Wendy let me the fuck out of here like I'm not gonna hurt you blah 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 but obviously she keeps them in there um she has a big knife too now and uh I like like once he finds like breaks she's like gonna go we're gonna take the whatever it's called the snow snow cat snow cat yeah uh whatever and then like I love the the camera's like underneath Jack. He's like leaning up against like the the door. Yeah. And he's just like snow cat, eh? It's like, how about you go take a look at the snow cat? That won't be happening. <laughs> and then she like realizes like what the fuck he did and runs out there. And he I don't, took some part out of it, so it wouldn't run anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he falls asleep uh, <laughs> and wakes up to Grady um, at the door kind of telling him what he needs to do to uh, his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you think he gets out? Like, could Grady just unlock the door like that? Yeah, the ghosts let him out. Yeah. That's the only... I don't think they really explain it, but that I think that's the only explanation. Yeah. And I think I recall talking about this in our first recording of it, because like I used to work in a kitchen... And those walk-in fridges, they have a button on the inside of them. So, like, if the door shuts behind you, you can open it up. Yeah, but it had a little. Oh, lock. Wendy locked it. That's yeah, right. It had a little yeah, yeah, yeah. lock thing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um. 
yeah so he gets out of there and then we get this i don't know one of the most iconic scenes in like movie history Mm -hmm. honestly um it's in the movie twister yeah yeah (laughs) the drive-in theater yeah uh he's chasing them through the apartment he has the axe now and they get into the apartment um and then they they lock the door of the bathroom and open this tiny ass window there's like snow drifts that are like 20 feet high Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty nuts uh denny gets out and wendy's trying but she can't because the window is just like too frozen enough and uh, this whole scene with like Jack and Wendy, like both of them equally like killed this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, two bits of trivia with this scene. The door, the prop door that they had, um, Jack Nicholson is, was a volunteer firefighter. So the prop door that they had, he was able to bust it down way too easily. Cause like <laughs> he's a veteran at that. Yeah. So they ended up having to get a different door and like reinforcing it. So like it would take him a few swings with the ax. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was, did Oh, they, the, they go through like 63 doors or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Something stupid. Um, and then the here's Johnny line. Yeah. So Kubrick lived in the UK. So he didn't know about the Johnny Carson show. So he'd never heard this line before. And Jack Nicholson improvised it whenever he stuck his head through the door. Um, and it almost got cut. Really? Like Kubrick was like very close to cutting it out. Cause he's like, this is stupid. I've never heard of this before. Like people aren't going to know what this is. Yeah. And, and now it's like, like you said, it's one of the most iconic scenes in fucking horror movie history. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just fucking Wendy in the background, just like going nuts. Yeah. And all of yeah. Shit. Um, also, whenever they were running up, Shelly starts to see some, not Shelly, Wendy starts to see some of the ghosts, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the weirdest ghosts in the whole movie is this uh, guy dressed up like a dog giving a blowjob to another man. <laughs> I mean, so weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's like, what really went on in this hotel? Yeah, exactly. Um, um go ahead oh no the dick part the halloran part doesn't happen until after they after wendy and danny get out right no it's whenever she's <laughs> in the bathroom he's like almost through oh, he he's, leaves he she stabs his hand right, right and then dick shows up and um this is like the ending i don't like um well, some parts of it I like, but I think the ending of the book is like 10 times better. Like not just with how Jack dies, but just like the overall like suspense and like the way they get out of there, like Dick survives and like basically becomes like a really close like family friend and someone mm-hmm. to help Wendy and Danny through all of this. Like they end up at some like, I don't know, like like lakeside cabin or something like that where they work now and do life and like dick comes in like hands out with them and danny is like older a bit older now and is like best friends with uh with dick Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i prefer the ending of the book much more than the ending of the movie Mm -hmm. i remember because like 
I'd seen the movie a bunch more time, like a bunch of times before I read the book. Yeah. And I remember the ending of the book and I was like, Oh my God, like we got cheated. Yeah. Like this ending is so much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so uh, yeah, Dick comes in and then Jack comes out from the, this like pillar and hits mm-hmm. him with an ax in the chest and Dick's <laughs> just dead. Dead dicks. Yeah. Dead dicks. Uh, remember that movie i got the poster right here <laughs> fuck yeah uh yeah so um is still in the bathroom and danny is running outside into the garden this garden maze and jack has the axe he's uh running chasing after danny and danny's such a smart kid mm-hmm. for being this young He's like running through, then all of a sudden he gets like an end, and then he like starts stepping back and retraces his steps, mm-hmm. like hops to the side and like covers his tracks. And I mean, Jack is crazy in days right now. He's not himself. So mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that helped Danny a bit, but uh the one thing like, I do oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say he doesn't end up finding Danny at all. Yeah. The, I was gonna say the one thing I do like about this end scene is that you can see jack get more and more delirious as time goes on within this maze oh yeah like he just gets more and more crazy and like his body language starts to change while he's going through it yeah well i'm sure he's freezing oh yeah that too Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh jack doesn't end up finding him danny runs out of the maze and you think that it's because they went through the maze at the start of the movie that he remembered how to get through it yeah yeah i think that's some good foreshadowing like whenever him and wendy actually speaking of that the shot i really love is whenever they're in the maze at the start and then like it cuts to the hotel and jack's like walked around looks at the miniature thing yeah and then the camera like i don't know how they do this like (laughs) it blows my mind but the camera like zooms in on the toy miniature of the maze Mm -hmm. in the center and it goes in and it's them in the maze it's like yeah how'd you do that <laughs> yeah it's a really cool shot but yeah they end up getting away in the uh the snow cat that halloran brings up mm-hmm. um and then jack ends up frozen in the in the snow yeah um yeah in the book also the way that they there's like two or three chapters of just like dick like trying to get there Cause like he's on a snowmobile and like there's gonna be a blizzard, like no power, and like just him c- trying to get up the mountain because there's no road and like he almost fell off the mountain like three or four times because yeah. all the snow was so high you couldn't tell where was the edge of the mountain and stuff like that. So like I don't know, I think a like a I don't know like not a better movie because this movie is good, but like mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like they could make this movie like the way the book is yeah um there is uh like a mini series that came out in 1997 Mm. and stephen king wrote that himself oh really so it'd be interesting to see how that one is yeah because it's a mini series right so you're able to stretch out a lot of the story like more like how you could in the book Mm mm-hmm so I wonder if it stays more true to what was in the book. Yeah. Maybe. I've never seen it, so I don't know. But 
I can only imagine it would be truer to what Stephen King wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they get out of there. And then the last shot is a picture of the gold room and everyone in it. And it zooms in at the very bottom. You see what looks like Jack. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom of that, it says gold room, like 1928 or something like that. 1921. 1921. Yeah. So like this part, I still don't really get. So I don't know if you want, if you kind of understand. I've read things that like, it implies that the hotel reincarnates its past employees or like brings mm-hmm. in reincarnations of past employees. So you but think Jack worked there before? Not necessarily Jack, but like, Someone who looked like him? Someone, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, I haven't done a lot of research into that aspect of it. But uh, that's just, like, something that I've readly, or readly, quickly read while I was typing out my notes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but, oh, yeah. Also, something with the book I really like, too, is um, the whole bees thing. Or the, the wasps, I think. Remember, they're like in the shed, him and Jack, Danny and Jack, and then they find like the wasp nest. And then like they get these like sprays to like get rid of it. And then like later on, like the wasp end up in like Danny's room. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I should reread it. It's been a while. I gave it back to you, right? Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Anything else to add or mention? Before we wrap it up, I don't think so. Alrighty, well, that's the way the blood splatters. Into the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I know we have very differing thoughts on this movie in terms of our scores. Are you sure about that? Maybe. We, I know we used to, maybe not anymore. I don't know what your score is now, but. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. All right. Let's hear your thoughts. Right. Well, my score before I looked on Letterboxd was a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, my story given nine out of ten. Um, I think the writing in this movie is fantastic. Uh, the way they intertwine their lives and, like, the hotel lives is, is done well. Like, without, like, thinking about the book, um, the characters are written very well. Um, yeah, just I take away points because like the book I think is better than this. But anyway, and then quality give a 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Um, I think this is one of the like most beautifully shot movies like ever, ever made. The acting is fantastic by all three main characters. Like even Danny as a kid, I think is amazing. Um the location, the the score is fucking amazing. I don't know, man. This movie is just like A plus mm. in my books. Okay. Yeah. So nine out of ten and a ten out of ten. Well, fuck, color me surprised. <laughs> it is pretty long, so I guess I would add that to my story. Like it does drag mm-hmm. out a little bit, but I mean, yeah. All right. Fuck. Okay. How about you? Uh, my story, I give it an 8 out of 10. 
Okay. I said, whether you love this movie or not, there's no denying it's a horror classic and probably the most popular Stephen King adaptation. Uh, Kubrick did a great job of taking the foundation that King made and making it his own movie while still keeping a lot of what was in the book. So it still did feel like The Shining, even though like we did say that he changed a lot of the stuff. You could still, like watching the movie, you would still know. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I do enjoy many aspects of the book more than the movie adaptation, including the ending. Um, and this movie has so much influence on pop culture, even now, like continuously. Um, and that alone is a testament of how iconic this movie is in the world of cinema. Yeah. Like you brought up the, the Homer Simpson line. Um, we see that carpet everywhere. Like it's, you see that in fucking movies and cartoons. It was just in uh, ready player one. Yeah, exactly. A big part of that movie. Yeah. And like, yeah, you see this shit everywhere. And my quality, I gave it a nine out of 10. Okay. So you have rated this higher than me. Yes. Um, my, oh, my story gave Kubrick praise, but now my quality is going to give the cast and crew praise. Um, this movie wouldn't be nearly what it is if it weren't for the absolute brilliant performances by Nicholson and Duvall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two went through literal torture while filming this movie and they endured things that would have made a lot of actors quit. Uh, not only were the actors amazing, but so was the set design, the score, the script, uh, the improvised lines and scenes throughout the movie, um, the cinematography, like you mentioned, like everything about this movie is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have like some minor qualms with it that dropped it from a 10 to a nine. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mentioned like even Danny Lloyd had a hand in improvising a very well-known sequence of scenes like with Tony with the finger. So yeah, everybody on this movie behind the scenes and on screen did a great job. So nice. I gave an eight out of 10 and a nine out of 10. And yeah, like you mentioned, like it is two and a half hours long. It does feel a little drawn out sometimes, mm-hmm. but I feel like that helps us kind of get that sense of seclusion and like mm-hmm. slipping into our own madness a little bit. Yeah. Like you we're kind of like understanding where Jack's coming from a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Not all bad. All right, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. Uh, Though it deviates from Stephen King's novel, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining is a chilling, often baroque journey into madness exemplified by an unforgettable turn from Jack Nicholson. So what do you think the critics scored it? A 94 Critics scored it an 82%. Wow. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> On 102 ratings and an average score of 8.5 <laughs> out of 10. Wow. The audience, however, gave it a 93%. Hmm. On 250,000 ratings and an average score of 4.4 out of 5 or an 8.8 out of 10. All right. All right. Uh, as always, Letterbox is close to that audience average with a 4.3 out of 5. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I both gave it a 4.5. Oh. Uh, Josh from HMC gave it a 2.5. Tawny from Two Chicks gave it a 2. Wow. Uh, yeah. Jensen from the Fright Crew <laughs> gave it a 4. Anthony from Porcelain Peak gave it a 5. 
Slashing Captain gave it a four and a half, and Screaming Cinema gave it a five. Tawny, wow, that surprises me. Yeah, Josh doesn't surprise me, but yeah, huh? Crazy. To each their own. Are you ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. Okay, what did you give it for a scare rating? Uh, so I give it a four out of ten. Um, just the overall feeling of the movie, like you feel like alone, like kind of in solitude. Um, also, the performances from both Jack and Wendy made you feel very different things. Uh, actually, I probably bumped up to a six, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's still a scary movie, like. Mm-hmm even after watching it multiple times, you know? So, yeah. I'll go, I'll go with 6 out of 10. All right. Uh, scariest scene for me, this was hard to choose, honestly, um, but I went with uh, the, the scene in 237 with the old lady in the bathtub. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, can't get much scarier than that. <laughs> <laughs> and what I survive, I said, yes, I would just lock myself in one of the thousand rooms in there and you know, by the time he checks every room, it's going to be five months later. So that's true. Yeah, it's true. What about you? Uh, my scare rating, I give it a five out of ten. <laughs> I said it's not traditionally scary, but Nicholson's performance and descent into madness is almost untouched in horror. Uh, and his acting, like you mentioned, just makes this movie scary. Like mm-hmm. he is the reason this movie is scary. Yeah. Uh, scary scene. I also said the bathtub lady. Um, but it could also be the scene in the bathroom, like with Jack chasing after Wendy and Danny. Yeah. Um, both scenes are equally terrifying. And would I survive? I said, yes. Uh, if I was there with him the whole time and not taken by surprise, like Halloran was, cause like he met his demise very quickly and shockingly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said, if Wendy could survive with her weak ass bat swing, I think I could break some skulls. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up. Um, We'll be coming back uh, the first week of January with uh, season four. Um, Of? (laughs) um, So I texted you earlier and I said, would Japanese January be racist? And you replied with, Oh, did you see the list that I just added to my letterbox? And I was like, <laughs> mm, nope, sure didn't. <laughs> and I went on and I looked and it's brilliant. It uh, so yeah, you found this random ass list uh, and it's called Japanuary. Yeah. Um, so I said, well, it's fucking fate. Like I just randomly had this thought and you just randomly added this new list to your letterbox account. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're going to be doing Japanuary to, <laughs> to kick off season four. Um, and it's going to be all J horror movies or like horror adjacent movies um, as Josh and Felicia like to say. Yeah. Um, so kicking it off is going to be my pick of battle Royale. Oh shit. Dude, I'm so excited. Yeah. This is Tarantino's favorite movie, right? Yeah, man. This movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? I've never seen it. Oh, man. This movie is fucking off the rails. Okay. Um, 
it's more of a thriller than it is a horror, but there is definitely some heavy horror aspects to it. Okay. Um, Sick. I'm oh, excited. I'm so excited. You've never seen this before. This is going to be amazing. No, no. Okay. All right. Sweet. So, yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to, we're not taking a break anymore because we kind of already take, took that break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we kind of said, fuck it last week. And we we're just like, nah, let's take a break for Christmas and whatnot. And yeah. Recoup at the end of the month. So, yeah, just kicking it off in January. We're going to be right back at it. Gonna yeah. be some some minor changes, nothing too crazy. Uh, we might we might add a new episode type mm-hmm. uh, every now and then, but yeah. So yeah, come back and join us next week for Battle Royale. Sick. And uh, if you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at uh, Podcast on Elm Street on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T Public account where we have our merch. There's also links to our Patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way. And links to each of our individual Letterboxd accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Yep. Yep. All right. All right, guys. I was going to say, I'm confident that the audio is going to be good in this one. We're going to actually release this episode. And I'm (laughs) excited. Me too. Feel good. Me too. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next week. See you later.